Welcome to the Inflow Experience Podcast, the only podcast where you'll hear from contact center and customer experience experts about their roles, their lives, and everything in between. I'm Austin Culp, Manager of Customer Success at Inflow CX. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Well, Bill, thanks for thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Great to see you. Yeah, great to see you as well. Awesome. Really excited today to to talk with you about you know labor strategy, operational consulting, BPO, and, and all the really cool things that you do. Um, you know, before we before we dive into all that fun stuff, I wanted to see if you could you know give uh, give all the listeners like a little bit you know two minute overview maybe on what you do today, how you help customers, and and you know kind of what role you play and and how you help people. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, for the last 19 years, our team has assisted uh, organizations with optimizing their internal and outsourced contact center operations to uh, improve the customer experience. We start with an assessment of their current state. We benchmark that against best practices, industry standards, identify deficiencies, and make recommendations to improve the customer experience. Awesome. Oh, that's good stuff. That's really good. Um, I always like to ask people in the very, very beginning too, before we jump into a little bit more detail around that. What was your first job? You know, what was your your very first job that you that you could think back and remember that had an impact on you? And what do you carry, you know, from that job today? Or like, what was some big lessons you learned from it? Yeah, the, the, my first uh, job out of out of college was with ADP, Automatic Data Processing, uh, the leader in payroll services, and. I've actually been in outsourced business services my entire career, which started with ADP. And what I've learned over the years is that organizations need to focus on what they do best and let others provide business services that they do best, like payroll, like customer interactions, like tech support, and many other outsourced services. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, there's an old adage: the the jack of all trades is a master of none, right? So exactly. I know that if, if you're if you're great at what you do and you know that you're great at that, then that should be what you focus on, right? Um, not to say you should ignore everything else, but you know, find people who are are great at what they do and and let them do it. Exactly. It's always been my philosophy. Awesome. Yeah, you talked about a lot of things, you know, that you do and how you help customers today. Um, in your experience and kind of in your in your you know, just consulting, engaging with with your customers. I know you take an approach where you focus a lot on people, on processes, on technology sometimes too, which is great. But, you know, one of my questions is how do you differentiate when you're talking with a customer, whether they might have a technology problem or, or whether they might have some something else going on, or sometimes I'm sure there's both. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So our team's background is with BPOs or business process outsourcers. Uh, we all got our start in that industry back in the, the mid-90s. And uh, our Epic team has assessed over 200 contact center operations. And the major challenges that, that we hear over and over again are centered around human capital or people and the contact center operation or processes and procedures, as you mentioned. So we view technology as an enabler of delivering an ideal customer experience and needs to be in harmony with the people and processes within the contact center. A common misconception is that technology will solve all contact center challenges, and those that believe that will acquire new technology and lift and shift from old technology to new technology without giving consideration to addressing the people and process challenges prior to moving to the new technology. 
Yeah, so almost, you know, thinking about, well, if we just get this new tool, it'll it'll fix all of our problems without kind of fixing the root cause issue. Is that, is that a good way to think about it? Like, hey, you've got your foundation almost as your people, your processes, and just how you operate in general. And the technology can enhance that, but if you put great technology on top of, you know, a, a system that's already broken, not much will change, or maybe it'll change for the worse sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and one of the challenges okay. that uh, contact centers are have today is is around around uh, labor strategies. Uh, so there's a lot of turnover in the industry. Um, it's hard to hire new agents, and uh, those that leave a company typically will will uh, in their exit view, interview indicate that the tools that they had were inadequate for them to meet the quality standards that the organization was looking for. So that's an example of how technology yeah, needs to be in harmony with the human capital or people side of the contact center. Interesting. Yeah, and that's, you know, work like workforce engagement and making sure that your employees are empowered to do their job. Have you seen a lot of that change over the last, you know, three, three-ish years with um, remote work becoming more and more popular? Uh, definitely, we have, uh, and uh, the the tools that uh, to manage a remote uh, organization versus an internal organization have allowed that to happen. And every day, it gets better and better. In addition to that, what we've always also seen is that uh, the self service tools are getting better and better, which means that the calls are being deflected to self service rather than go to an agent which makes the contact center much more efficient. Got it. Okay. So I hear sometimes that, you know, some customers or, or even, you know, contact center, um, you know, business, business users or people who work every day in the contact center get nervous when, you know, people bring up, Hey, AI can help your help, you know, help call deflection or help, you know, avoid your customers talking to agents. Um, in your experience, it sounds like, it's it's mostly positive when you can you know avoid some of those calls and allow customers to self service. Um, what are your thoughts around or or what would you say to somebody maybe who's just on the fence and doesn't want their their customers talking to to artificial intelligence? Well, I think that there's always an option to uh, as they say zero out to talk to an agent. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of the measurements that the contact centers utilize is containment rate. And that's containment rate in the IVR, IVA. Uh, and uh, they, they manage to that. So they can tell if uh, the customers are, uh, are working with the, uh, the IVR, IVA um, adequately, um, or are they zeroing out? And uh, they're making it better and better. And containment rates are improving uh, every, every, uh, every year, as, as you mentioned, over the last three or four years. Oh, awesome. That's great. That's really good. And I know, you know, people process technology is big and, and a large part of that is, you know, some of the some of the work you've done and, and continue to do is BPOs. Um, you know, you, you and I talked at the beginning of the, of the episode a little bit about how outsourcing we think is is, is a solid, uh, solid strategy and really a necessary one in a lot of cases for yes. specific function of the business. Um, I do know folks that are that are maybe skeptical or or. I don't want to say anti-outsourcing, but aren't the greatest fans of it because of a lot of you know misconceptions that they have. In your you know 20 years of experience working with outsourcing, at what do you think is just some of the most 
common misconceptions specific to Consec Center about you know outsourcing some of uh, some of your labor? Uh, that's an excellent question. And, and and first off, I would say that organizations will tell you that nobody can do it better than they can since they've been okay. doing it for a very very long time. Actually, what the outsourced agents receive the exact same training, the uh, same level of supervision that the internal agents receive and are monitored for quality using the same criteria. So it's really no different if the outsourced was, agent was hired internally or externally. Second, I hear that we'll, we will lose control. And actually the outsourcers work on the client's platform as it's common today for clients to BYOP or bring your own platforms. The ah. BPOs that we work with, 85, over 85% of their clients bring their own platform. And it, those platforms include WFM, QM, analytics, et cetera. So the client continues to provide forecasting, scheduling, adherence, no different than the client's internal operation. So they're not losing control at all. Um, they're actually uh, setting up a, a separate site uh, in, in essence. And then third is it will cost more to outsource than my internal operation. And that's a total misconception. Actually, okay. our, many, our many assessments have shown that the labor expense in an internal contact center are approximately 50% of the total cost to operate an internal center. In a recent labor strategy engagement with a new client, their starting wage for agents was $19.25 per hour and they needed 75 additional agents. On top of that, they had benefit costs of approximately 15% added to that wage. Therefore, their total cost to operate the contact center internally was over $44 per hour. Inflow recommended a BPO with extensive experience in their client in their industry that was able to provide full service to, to the client, to the Inflow client, at seventeen twenty-five per hour, a savings wow. of over fifty percent. Wow, that's that's really that's powerful. You know, I think it is one of the things that people don't think about when they think about outsourcing. Is hey, you know, even if it is dollar for dollar, when you outsource, you don't have to think about benefits or the actual workspace or the tools or, or the technology in a lot of cases too. Um, but I do want to I do want to back up a little bit to I think the second thing you, you started talking about, which is bring your own platform or bring your own technology. Uh, I think that's a really a really great thing and a really impactful way to you know work really hand in hand with somebody who's 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 an outsourced provider. Um, in that in that in those instances, how do you how does how does training typically work out? Because I know you said that. Um, you know, you want to create that seamless experience and that the, the BPOs that you work with and, and recommend, the great ones at least, do that. Um, but I'm curious on if they're using the customer's platforms. I imagine they've got several customers, several different technologies. How does a, like a training in, engagement or, or ongoing even typically work? Yeah, the BPO has, typically has a training department. And okay. uh, what the, the initial training is done by the client. So the client either goes on site or does Zoom or Teams training uh, with the agents. From that point on, it's a train-the-trainer type approach. So the BPO's training department is trained with the agents on that initial training and are able to provide ongoing training uh, for any turnover, uh, new ads, uh, 
new agent ads or things of that nature. So um, they're able to, to do that uh, very effectively because these training uh, departments are well-versed in, in, uh, in training. Oh, awesome. So it's a, 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 a train, a trainer approach. Once you train your BPO, they're, you know, they're pretty much good and can, you know, rinse and repeat as many times as needed. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Very, very good. Um, you know, one of the last things that I, that I want to talk about today is, um, you know, we've talked about outsourcing. We've talked about misconceptions. If I'm a contact center that's considering, you know, a BPO or outsourcing type of engagement, uh, you know, what are just some key things to look for, you know, red flags, and, and how do I avoid those? Uh, good good question, and, and I would say that there's a few things that, uh, that organizations should ensure uh, before they uh, contract with a BPO. One is you want to choose a contact center partner, not a vendor. A partner will take a genuine interest in the business objectives, whereas a vendor will pr- just provide the minimum they're required to do. So you really want someone that's totally engaged in your program uh, and in the best interests of your organization versus a vendor that's just going to do the minimum, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. The other would be I I would suggest that you do not position your program to be a small fish in a big pond. Many outsourcers today have hundreds of thousands of seats. So if you have, uh, let's say you want to outsource 50 agents, some of the large organizations have over 100,000 agents, and your program is going to get lost in that contact center operation or that outsourcer. So what you should look for is organizations that are, uh, I'll call mid-tier, whereby your your 50 seats are going to be a large customer for them. And in that regard, you're going to get senior management attention versus if you're uh, uh, in a very, very large contact center operation, uh, you may get uh, junior agents, junior supervisors, junior managers, and you don't want that because that's not in the best interest of of your business objectives. The next thing I would say is select a contact center outsourcer that has expertise and experience in your industry. You want to make sure that they're not reinventing the wheel or, 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 or they want you to be a guinea pig. They, <laughs> you need to have uh, an outsourcer that's been there, done that, right, and has experience and can uh, validate that experience through references. The next is to ensure that the outsourcer's culture and the chemistry between the, the two organizations are in alignment. This is very evident when you engage them in person or via a Zoom call. We always encourage our, uh, our clients to go visit the contact center uh, when able to do so. And um, th- that will really uh, determine if the culture is similar and the chemistry between the senior management team and your team are in alignment. And lastly, I would say, let us assist you in identifying <laughs> and selecting BPOs for your customer interaction needs. We have a lot of experience We've been there, we've done that, and we've helped organizations uh, outsource uh, uh, over the last 19 years. Yeah, no, that's great. That's awesome, Bill. I, I, I appreciate the insight on that. I think that the culture thing is one that I wouldn't have even thought of, you know, but it makes total sense when you think about it, right? I mean, if, if you know, 
uh, at their core or their personality, a business is different than yours. Doesn't mean even if one's right or one's wrong. Not even you know bringing that into the equation, but just you know, differences of opinion, difference in, in the way they operate. I'm sure can create frustration. So you're, I'm sure you're absolutely right. You know, go visit if you can, and uh, if not, just make sure that you know uh, you've gone through the the quote unquote dating process and uh, really understand how they operate and feel good about the the partnership. Yeah, and and if you have an issue. You want to be able to pick up the phone and call the CEO, the president, or the owner of yeah. the contact center. You don't want to get caught in a chain of command where uh, you uh, you reach out to uh, a very very large contact center operation and they um, they they pass it down to the person that actually <laughs> created the issue, and you get a call back <laughs> from that person, right? So you you really want that chemistry between senior management. And, and your team uh, so that you can feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling if there's an issue. Awesome. Very good. All right, last thing, Bill. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to have a crystal ball, look into the future a little bit. Over the next, I don't know, three to five years, what are you most excited about or, or what do you think will be you know, um, the most impactful in you know, kind of this contact center customer experience ecosystem? Well, I think that uh, there, there's a few things. One is that uh, there will continue to be significant amounts of automation. Uh, and uh, But understand that uh, ag- uh, agents, live agents will never go away because there's always going to be some people that want to talk to a real person, not talk to a machine. So even though we talked earlier about call deflection, uh, uh-huh. It's going to be how easy is it uh, in an IVR or IVA uh, as opposed to um, uh, zeroing out and, and getting an agent, which is very easy. So it, it's going to be degrees of effort, if you will. Did I okay. get my question answered uh, within the IVR IVA or did I have to zero out and talk with someone? Uh, so I think that, that is gonna, that's going to continue. I think that uh, outsourcing uh, will continue as well. I think, uh, as I alluded to earlier, uh, there's always organizations that can do things better than you can. If you're a manufacturer, why are you not outsourcing uh, your customer interactions? Focus on, on manufacturing. Don't focus on something that you have no expertise in doing. Um, and uh, And typically, uh, the contact center is is still a contact uh, a cost center. Uh, it's a, a an organization that needs to be budgeted for every year, and we see over and over again that the budgets are flat, while the uh, the customer interactions are increasing, which also drives the uh, the interest uh, in um, in the self service uh, and automation. So I think it's going to continue to to grow. I think the tools are going to continue to get better. And uh, I think the customer experience will improve over the next few years. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, I know I'm excited to be a part of it. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be going to be fun to see how it develops. And it's changing, you know, more and more every day. Uh, thanks for your time today, Bill. I really appreciate it. I think this was a really, really great conversation and, you know, really educational, especially on you know, the BPO and, and labor strategy sort of, uh, sort of talk track there. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Inflow Experience Podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to hear more, consider subscribing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any other major podcast platform. Oh,